0: God has never given up on that picture, that purpose, or that product. Never. In Romans chapter 8, it says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. He's mindful. He's mindful of his purpose. And the mindfulness of his purpose has to do with you and I. And he wants to make you and I to be like Jesus. We are never called to be like someone else. We are first called to be like him. And the whole objective of his purpose for your life is to be like Jesus. That's, that's the whole deal. To be conformed to his image. To take on who he is. When we think of the image of Christ... When I think of the image of Christ, I think of the Gospels. I think of the things he taught, the life he lived, the miracles that he did, the relationships that he built, and the things he suffered because he stood for something. that's what I think about that's why I read the Gospels because I want to know what I should be like and who I should be like so Jesus teaching about the Holy Spirit was inaugurating a prophetic ministry of the Holy Spirit into the new covenant in other words The old covenant prophecies had to come into fulfillment. Do you realize that you and I are part of that fulfillment? We are part of that fulfillment. We are part of the fulfillment of of the book of Joel and other prophetic words concerning the Holy Spirit. We are part of that fulfillment. This left an impact on the disciples that dominated their entire life. You see, the Holy Spirit dominated Jesus' life. When he came up on the waters of baptism, uh, some of the Greek co- scholars say that the Holy Spirit imposed himself on Jesus. And the Father says to the Holy Spirit, He's got to go to the wilderness and be tempted. So the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Not to be defeated. But to face a temptation that Adam and Eve failed under and defeat it. And he did it by quoting scripture. He never had a conversation with the devil, he just quoted the Bible to him. And he had to leave. He came back after 30 days of fasting and prayer, and humanly speaking, he was weak. But it says he came in the power of the Holy Spirit. And what did he do? He began to heal the sick. And we can ask the question, what's that got to do with me? Uh, I'm going to get to that in a moment. But the introduction of the Holy Spirit into the lives of the disciples was because Jesus was going away. And somebody needed to come and take his place. Not as a savior but as an enabler. He said the divine power to come would enable believers to accomplish the will of the Father. He said the divine power to come would enable believers to receive and function what Jesus said they could do. I'll, I'll give you the reference for that in a moment. In Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus said these words, You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. He didn't say in you. It's the Greek word epi, meaning upon. To clothe you, to immerse you. Um, And... I want to say this because it's so powerful in Acts 1 verse 8. Not only does he talk about the power that would come, but he talks about what they would be. You shall receive power of the Holy Ghost after he's come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. That's an inauguration. He is saying, you know, this is what I'm expecting. This is what's going to happen. And then he carries on. He says, um, first in Jerusalem, then in Judea, then in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Do you know what that tells me? It tells me this. The Holy Spirit opens the cities. The Holy Spirit opens the nations. The Holy Spirit opens the uttermost parts of the earth. It's the Holy Spirit who takes the initiative to actually fulfill the will of the Father on earth through our life. That is part of being conformed to the image of Christ. Let me give you a verse. It's the verse found in the Great Commission. And I think the Great Commission has been so misinterpreted and misapplied. He said, after his resurrection, he comes back and he gives the Great Commission. And he says, I want you to go into all the world and I want you to make disciples. He never ever used the word Christian. I want you to make disciples of all nations. Well, what did Acts 1 verse say? Outermost parts of the earth. And he gives them this great commission. Then he says, Here's what I want you to do I want you to baptize them and I want you to teach them. Well, what what did he say we should teach? He says, I want you to teach everything I have instructed you. Which means we all become disciples. We want to be conformed to his image. It's not just in the moral sense. It's not just because I'm a son, but also in the activity of the Son of God. We're to conform to his activity because we are his body on earth. He is the head. We are the body. We represent him. We represent the head. Guess what? Your head tells your body what to do. So we are to be like him. We are to conform to his image. And he's talking about Now I'm going to leave and it's very expedient for you that I go away because if I go away, the Holy Spirit's going to come. I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Jesus was temporary on this earth. The Holy Spirit is permanent. He is permanent. He will abide, meaning he's going to remain with you. The Holy Spirit just doesn't come and go. It's like this cartoon, hair today and gone tomorrow. That's a Bugs Bunny thing. The hair, you know, like a rabbit. You get it? He he will sojourn with you. He will tarry with you. He will continue to be present with you. He will help. He will keep being with you continually. So when they heard the word abide, they, in their language, meant a whole lot to them. Oh, you're leaving and somebody that's coming is going to be with us forever. Wow. never to depart, to continue to be present forever. And I don't know about you, but I get this sense in my spirit that you are God's instrument that the Holy Spirit wants to open this city to your life. There's something going on in the realm of the spirit. God has a harvest in this city. He can turn this city upside down with who's right here right now. He is looking for us to believe what he said. Jesus said, I am the way of the truth. If you don't believe what you said, you be- believe what he said, you're believing a lie. If you don't believe the truth, then what are you believing? I'll tell you what you might be believing. Somebody's doctrine, somebody's philosophy, somebody's opinion, or somebody's failure. Well, I prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed. Does that make healing non effect No, he said, go heal the sick. Remember what he said in the Great Commission? You teach them to observe all that I instructed you. So when they got somebody saved, guess what they taught them? Exactly what Jesus taught them. That becomes our portion in this life. That becomes our commission in this life. is to be like him. That is not some boring, dry saint that has no humor or life or ability. Just, I'm holy. Well, if you're holy, you're set apart to his commission. That's what holiness means. Holiness is not just a state of being, it's actually who we are in reality. And there is such a, I was just telling Pastor David this, there's so many things I read in the scriptures that I have not attained to yet that I read. And I'm saying, God, I don't want to stay where I am. I want to continually to be conformed to who you are. You're not left alone. The Holy Spirit is the one who pleads and implores your cause. He is your counsel of defense. He is your legal assistant, advocate, promoter of your cause. He pleads another He, he pleads your cause as an intercessor. He is your helper, your assistant, your encouragement. In other words, what God has called you to do, he will enable you to carry it out. It's called the comforter. He doesn't just pat us on the back. He actually leads us. The disciples were able to function under Jesus, but when he left, they were feeling a little bit disappointed and very discouraged, actually. And they were wondering where he's going. And, you know, we don't know where you're going. We don't know how to get there. But he said, don't worry. Somebody just like me is coming. And he's going to guide you. He's going to teach you. He's going to show you things to come. He will empower you. There's about seven things he taught of how the Holy Spirit would relate to us. That's what they believed. And because they believed it, they did it. Amen? Because they believed it, they did it. In other words, what you believe is what you get. If you believe in nobody, you'll get nothing. It's not wrong for us to aspire to be like Jesus. It's not wrong. Because the truth says He's conforming us to Him. To yield to, G- to, the, to the Father, to yield to the Father's life in, your, in you, He will say, here's my purpose for you. I want you to be like my Son. I want you to think like Him. I want you to act like him. I want you to do the things he did. You see, we can't be the body of Christ and do nothing. That is not spiritual reality, that is dumb. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Am I making any sense? The Holy Spirit designed to take the place of Christ to lead to a deeper experiential knowledge of gospel truth. In other words, what Jesus taught them would become their life. Their reality. Their expectation. Everything. And when the Holy Spirit came, they struggled no more as to who was number one who was number two, who was going to sit at the side, who was going to do this, that was all gone. Do you know why? Because you can see the inferiority of man when he measures himself to somebody else. And he comes up with a struggle of, where do I fit in all of this? Well, after Pentecost came and the power came, they never talked like that anymore because they knew who they were and they knew who they should be like. the Holy Spirit conformed them to the image of the Son. And the image of the Son that they followed for three and a half years, and they heard the teaching, they saw the demonstration of the power of God, they saw the persecution that he went through, they saw the rejection of him, they saw the acceptance of him, they saw all that. And that became their classroom. That was their seminary. That was their education, period. And it didn't end up being a cemetery. They became the men and women of God that went everywhere, and the, the people would say, oh, there comes those, and there they come. I'm thinking, Lord, I would like to be known to be that kind of person. Now, here he comes again, Eric, look, there is those. Uh, That's okay. At least they're aware that something is happening. In Corinthians, Paul says these words. I, I have more than I'm going to share this morning, but he said these words. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The grace of Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, the intimacy of the Holy Spirit. Communion is an intimacy. And they needed to have an intimacy of the Holy Spirit because that church had so many problems. I was just sharing with Pastor David this morning, there's one message to the seven churches that's consistent to all of them. Whether they were lukewarm or had no problems, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying to you. Are you hearing what the Spirit is saying to you? You're the church. You're the people. And and the Father, through the Holy Spirit, exposes the condition of the church. But in Revelation chapter 1, it shows the the Son of God standing in the midst of the seven churches. He never left them. He encouraged them to hear what the Spirit is saying to them. Do you know why? Because the Spirit was released to speak to us. And I find this very challenging because I believe that there's a harvest in this city. There's a harvest in this nation. There are harvests in nations of this world that God wants us to be part of. There's discipleship to be done. And I want to say this to you very kindly. You're all called to be a discipler. Every one of us is called to be a discipler. That doesn't mean I'm going to set up a Sunday school or I'm going to set up a classroom. It means I'm going to spend time with people. we got to get away from this institutionalism and get it into the personal life of a believer and the personal life of the lost and the personal life of a new convert in relationship to your life. What does that mean to that person? It means you're a discipler. You're not a legalist. You're not somehow a demander. No, you are relational. How do we get that picture? We get the picture of how Jesus related to 12 men who were all different. Yet, in the end, they turned the world upside down. And God sees a vision in your hearts of being like that. Reaching out to somebody, seeing them get saved, and then spend time with them and teach them the word and teach them what Jesus said. Don't teach them your own doctrine. Teach them what Jesus said they could do and they could be and who they are. That's what really matters. To me, nothing else matters than that. Because if we get that straight, we'll never go wrong. And that's more than just being a Christian. And I think the challenge that God has for his church today is, I don't want you to just be a Christian. I want you to be a discipler. I want you to relate with people. I want you to have a relationship with them, and I want you to tell them what they can do. But you know what we have to go through? We have to believe it ourselves. That's a terrible note to quit on, isn't it? <laughs> Communion is relationship. The Holy Spirit wants an intimate relationship with you, just like I have with my wife. We we, we know each other. We're one. The Holy Spirit wants to have communion with you. He wants to relate with you in an intimate way. This is not religion, folks. I came from religion. I came from a Greek Orthodox church where we believed all the stuff that we believe as Christians, but no salvation. It was all just dead works. It meant nothing other than the fear that Jesus is going to come and I'm not ready. I remember that. But you know what? Since I got saved, that was one experience. But when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was so changed. All I wanted to do was just serve God with all my heart. And I had a passion in me and a feeling that has never died. And I, I, I sold my business. I gave up stuff. I'm not saying you have to do that. But that's me. I have. You never make a decision with running it through your feelings first. You never do. And when the Holy Spirit comes and He touches your emotions, there's a value that sets deep in you that you can never, ever defy or put out. It's a power that will control your life to be holy, set apart, and God, here I am. Fulfill your will through my life. I had to leave a lot of what I believed behind. God, you know, I just see this, I just see, I just see you Downtown in your normal life and God is going to awaken you to people's needs and you're going to walk over and speak to them and you're going to have an opportunity to share Jesus with them this is not a program folks this is a divine commission that the Holy Spirit enabled the disciples to actually do very successfully and he's going to take your life and he's going to do the same thing He's going to take my life. And I I just see it. I just see it. This place is not big enough. It's not big enough. God has thousands of people to bring into his kingdom. And he's waiting for you and I to say, Lord, I accept the Great Commission. The Great Commission is not just a missionary that goes overseas. The Great Commission was to every disciple to start in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And the Holy Spirit opened the city to them. The Holy Spirit opened the nations to them. The Holy Spirit opened the entire world to them. Isn't that amazing? And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do with you and I. He's going to open this city He's going to open this city and how he's going to do it is like this. You're going to be downtown and the Holy Spirit's going to show you somebody that he wants you to talk to because the Holy Spirit's already working on them. And you're going to, feel, you're going to, you're going to sense this urge to do it and you, you don't have to go to Bible school to do this. You don't have to be, you know, a Christian for 10 years before you can do this. You're, you're, going, to, you're going to do it. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit's going to help you do it. He, He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to teach you. Did you know that there was a difference between me teaching you and the Holy Spirit teaching you? There are things only the Holy Spirit can teach us. Are you ready? Are you ready? Because he is looking for harvesters. He is looking for disciples. He's looking for disciples. And God will not relent, nor will he stop, but he will find a people that will say, Here am I. And you know, he only needed 12. He only needed 12. And end up 120 and then the next one is 3,000 that blows me away and I'm thinking Lord here I am here I am Lord I believe the Lord wants us to respond this morning to the Holy Spirit if you're not comfortable with it that's fine God, God, the Holy Spirit's not here forcing anybody to do anything he is a gentleman he will not do anything that you think you don't want to do He's not gonna, he doesn't force anybody but if you're here and you're saying Lord that's me I just want you, I just want you to close your eyes and respond to Him. Allow the Holy Spirit just to come and talk to you. Holy Spirit, we want you to empower us. We want to be conformed to the image of Christ. We want to be like Jesus. We want to see the harvest, Father, that you have come in. We want to see more disciples made for you until the whole world is covered with them. And Father, we lift up our city to you, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to open this city up through each one of us. We thank you that you're going to open up the nation of Canada that there would be a revival from coast to coast and from the north to the south that will sweep this nation with a great mighty move of God and a harvest of disciples that you have in your heart we just respond to you and Father I just pray for each one of us in the name of Jesus that you would cause the Great Commission to be released in our hearts, to be released in our mouth, to be released in our feelings and our emotions that will touch the hearts of people. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, God bless you. If you desire... Any ministry at all? You want a breakthrough or something? I'll be right here.